Moms, at Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Welcome to today's podcast brought to you by U.S. Bank. Imagine a world where your moneymaker is your hobby. Well, you won't have to. U.S. Bank takes pride in being the extra push people need to turn their dream job into reality. With friendly advice, setting realistic goals, and being there, supporting them with every step in their journey, just like a friend or partner would. It's time to turn your side gig into something bigger. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Now let's tune into today's episode. Today on the Zabecast, my dream job is currently taking resumes, and I found it on Indeed.com. Yet why do I think I've got no shot? Notorious J.A.Y. He'll explain the big split between Flavor Flav and Public Enemy over a Bernie Sanders cease and desist letter. All that, plus he can spike the football on Healthy Holly. And what's worse, bee sting or dental visit? Your bonus, 45 minutes of me, is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. Thank you for downloading. Before we get into it, an announcement or two. Number one is we're down to like the last two bids. Last two in, first two out. Who's on the bubble? The last two entries for Zabe Vegas 2020 at the Top Golf at MGM Grand in Las Vegas on Friday, March 27th from 3.30 until 6.30 in the evening. And then we're going to go play Papa Shot for the title. And who knows what after that. We'll just roam around Vegas like a big old mob of 64 plus people. Should be a great time. So if you're thinking about going and you're right on the edge, don't delay. Go to Zabe.com slash ZabeVegas. Also, the triumphant return of the Capital Golf Gang begins this week. Today, Wednesday, I'm going to be taping a season opener episode at the fabulous Golfdom in Tyson's Corner, owned and operated by my good friend Buddy Christensen. And I got Ron Thomas with me on the golf gang, as well as John Ronas. You've heard them here on the Sabecast. And John Gould of the Middle Atlantic PGA. If you are like me, a super nerdy golfaholic, I think you'll like this golf show. I've heard a lot of golf radio product, talk shows, and podcasts. In fact, I just listened to the No Laying Up podcast with Peter Costas. And I like the No Laying Up guys. I don't know them at all, I'd like to have them on my podcast to get to know them a bit better. And they do good stuff, but I think our golf show, I don't I wouldn't put it second to anybody. We've got a lot of knowledge, a lot of passion, and and it's a good chemistry group. So I'm looking forward to taping that on Wednesday. Uh that will be available probably for subscribers only. I'll maybe hide it behind the paywall. I know I'm a son of a bitch, aren't I? But I'll include a chunk of it, a snippet of it on Thursday's episode for free. And then, you know, you might say, hey, I kind of like golf. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. So that'll be today at noon. I couldn't believe this when I saw it, but I guess it's required. 
Indeed.com, you know, the job posting board has a job posted listed director officiating video and technology operations. And the company advertising for it, none other. Let me get this right here. Hold on a second, everybody. Great prep work by me. I didn't have the thing dialed in. The company that is advertising for this job opening is none other than a little entity you might have heard of called the National Football League. (laughs) That was good, actually. I think I might have to do that every time. I just love this classic Monday night theme so much. It might be one of the greatest sports themes ever. The robustness of it, the tension and the release, the boldness of it, the the way it just captures that excitement of, holy fuck, there's a football game on television and I can't wait to watch. There's your release right there. It's all music is, people. It's tension and release. That's the very definition of it. So now we start winding it up again as it builds and builds and builds and builds. And here we go. Down the roller coaster. Drum solo. So the job summary is director of video and technology operations will oversee NFL video ops for all officiating staff and on-field officials. Shahi, S slash he, will direct and manage other support personnel assigned to work in this area. Okay, I'm I'm in. I would like to throw my hat in the ring since this is on Indeed.com and anyone can apply for it. Here's my resume. Now, of course, you know damn well I got a chance in hell of getting this job. Why? I guess it's required to make a public posting for the job. Even though... Who would be a candidate? Like, I I don't see in the Indeed listing, you know, qualified candidates will include three to five years of operating the officials in a relevant outdoor tackle football league with direct knowledge of how to train and manage officials, schedule them, review performance, and blah, blah. How many people in the world are there like that? I know one guy that used to do it. Blandine Blano. Blano. He used to be the guy, and then he left to go get that sweet TV gig with Fox. He is also living in Southern California, not New York anymore, and he is a consultant to the now-defunct Alliance of American Football and the XFL 2. The NFL is reportedly, according to Kevin Seifert, writing for ESPN.com, trying to woo, woo-woo, Blandino back. In the meantime, because they have been so unhappy with the current performance of a guy you might know as Alberto Riveron. They have already moved in retired referee Walt Anderson. You know, he of the bent needles, he of the deflate gate fame, he of the, oh my God, what a clown car circus we've got going on here at halftime. Test this one, inflate that one. What's going on? Record this. Hold on. The second half starting. Never mind. Walt Anderson with his bent needle inflation gauge man who doesn't respect his equipment, retired from his on-field refereeing, and he was instantly promoted within the NFL. The NFL hired him. They created a position for him, 
and they said that they, the job is one that carves out part of the current duties of Alberto Riveron and his current responsibilities. <laughs> Imagine that. Hey, Al, uh, good to see you. Walt, what are you, what are you doing here? Oh yeah, I retired. Okay, where are you going to live? Oh no, I'm. I just got hired by the league. I'll uh, be working. All right, it's great to have you working under me, Walt. Now I got to show you. No, no, I don't know about under. In fact, I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. And then Alberto Riveron gets the saddest look on his face, like, "Well, but, but I'm doing those things. R- really? I, 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 I got to check with Ro- Roger about this. You, you sure?" Yeah, yeah, no, definitely sure. <laughs> Alberto, look out. They're coming for you. Mark Murphy on the competition committee talked about how the league is actually concerned about the consistency and the quality of the on-field product, and the officiating has been point front center on that particular issue. In fact, the failure to implement replay of pass interference in a way that was palatable to all clubs last year, was according to committee member Mark Murphy of the Green Bay Packers, and I quote, not great. Not great, Bob. <laughs> I love that bite so much. It's from Mad Men. <laughs> Mark Murphy, how was the pass interference review rule this last year? Uh, not great, Bob. But then again, many of us said, could have told you that. I did tell you that. I screamed that. Average fans who know how hard it is to define pass interference said this is going to be a disaster and disaster coming in three, two, and one. Good. Got it. So according to this story by Seifert, the real unwritten story for the most part, except Seifert did write about it, was this coming change in the front office. And I guess this job description on Indeed.com is part of it. Some in the league would have conceived a structure that would include a chief executive job to oversee a multi-million dollar expansion of training, recruiting, grading, replay interpretation, and perhaps rulemaking itself. Riveron was responsible for the fundamental breakdown of the rule regarding pass interference. It's a failure to establish a consistent standard for reversing the on-field call. Yeah, you know why he failed at that? Because it was impossible! One person's pornography is another person's choreography. It's all a matter of age and perspective. There were people that wrote the FCC complaining that the halftime show was pornography. Your grandmother might see something on your computer and go, oh my God, that's pornography. And she'd be like, nah, grandma, here's the pornography. Password encrypted, subfolder, subfolder, entry word, digital scan, and there we go. Oh my God. That's pornography. They say that the list of qualified candidates for this job, beyond Blandino, who they'd have to woo, woo back in, is not very long. And it could involve a woman. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful and open-minded and woke and progressive and everything else? Dawn Aponte is currently the NFL's chief football admin officer who took on some supervisor duties within the officiating department last year. And you know what? She might be great. We might just need a woman's no-nonsense sensibility to get things straight up there. It's like a woman. Hey, 
Bobby Bowden. It's like a woman. Bobby, Terry. Yeah, Bobby Bowden, that was. Just like a woman. It's like a woman. Now, by the way, you're, where do you get that, just like a woman? It was from an interview Bobby did with us, me and Scott, on Fox Sports Radio many years ago. We used to have him on as a regular. And he was talking about something with his lovely bride of a billion years going out to dinner or something. <laughs> he made that joke. It's like a woman. Imagine him being canceled today because of that. Hell, one of my most devout female listeners, the great Deb Wagner in Seattle, loves referencing the just like a woman bite from Bobby Bowden all the time. It's like a woman. Anyhow, the default position would be a committee structure that would ultimately report to Aponte and Troy Vincent. Boy, it sounds like the NFL's adding just layers and layers of bureaucracy and new jobs and shifting responsibilities and you do this and we'll do that and everything else. I have another idea. You lined up every one of those replay machines you got. Every tape deck, every monitor, every peep show booth. Just line them up. Let's go line them up near the uh, George Washington Bridge or whatever, the Veranzano Narrows Bridge, whatever bridge is close in Manhattan, and just, there they go. See you later, replay. Bye-bye. Won't miss ya. All right, it's Notorious J-A-Y time. All right, I got Jay all the way up for those who complained you couldn't hear him. Hello. Uh, even though I did ask for a 30-minute delay, when yes. I say 7.30, look at that clock on the wall. 7.30. Fucking 30. The Notorious J.A.Y. We got a lot to go through today. Really? Well, it, well, you and I do. It was a slow ass Tuesday in sports radio. I literally that's what looked. I mean. I was like, nothing. A buddy of mine called me. who's like, "There's nothing to talk about today." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's about Spike Lee. That's about it." Yeah, and we could talk about Spike Lee, but I, uh, I, I opened the show today on 980, and I said, "Man, I'm not going to kid you guys. There ain't nothing out there." I said, "Every angle is going to be forced. Every theme is going to be a reach." What's going on in the background there, Jay? Well, Oh, sorry, the Maryland game. I've turned it down. Oh. The juiciest story to me, though, reading at lunchtime, A-Rod coming out and killing the Astros. Oh, that's a juicy one, all right. And, and I had to give it to him. He said, I lied, I cheated, and I you know, took my medicine. He goes, but these guys aren't doing it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Just when just when you thought things were dying down, A-Rod walks by with a can of gas. He's like, here you go. Yeah. This ought to help. People keep saying this is going to die down. No, it's not. No, it's not. Until the Astros players say, we fucked up, we cheated, it's never going to die down. I don't, so, I don't think they ever will. Well, they're going. They're they're the most hated team in the history of sports, and they will they will never lose that mantle. Do you until rem- the Red Sox? Until the Red Sox finally <laughs> come out. <laughs> you you remember the great a uh, scene, not scene, but you remember the great riff in Eddie Murphy Raw. Maybe one of the most influential non Hollywood movie theater releases of 
our childhood, right? Was it 1984 that that movie came out? Raw? Ooh, I thought the first one was like 84 with the the one he did from D.C. I think in the 85, 84. Okay, you're right. Yeah, you're right. How okay. about if I look it up? And while you're look, look it up because I've got the audio. I I mean, look, I'm a I'm a suburban kid from the mean streets of McLean, Virginia. There's some stand up comic we'd never heard of named Eddie Murphy, and he 87. had 87. And he had a movie. Is that? No, it can't be. Maybe it is. Okay. Delirious was 84. Raw was 87. Okay, well, maybe he was a known entity by then. But I remember seeing Raw in the Maryfield Falls Church movie theaters. <laughs> when was the last time a stand-up act was just made into a movie you'd pay seven bucks to go see at a theater? I can't remember the last one because I, too... So my brother took me to see Raw because I was not yet of age, and uh, he took me to see Raw at the uh, at the I want to say was that it had to be the Glen Burnie Town Center. Glen Burnie, hun. Yeah, Glen Burnie. Here, I think I've got this queued up to where it needs to be. But he basically this sums up the Astros, where you just no matter wh- how badly you've been caught. Because he talks about his wife coming. This didn't really. He's like, a guy could have his wife come home, find him in in bed with another woman in their bed, dick out, and and be like, I know the rest. He'd be like, no, that wasn't me, you know? Or, do you think you found the bomb? Had the same crackers every day for a year? You roll over one day and be like, hey, I just got some regular old crackers. (laughs) Try to leave? Hey! So be careful. Marry you some women clap to have men. You lying motherfuckers. Stop. Where? Stop, stop, stop. Damn it. Where is this? I didn't know we'd talk about this. Just fuck motherfuck me, darling. You want somebody in the bed with you? No, oh, darling. I want to make love to you. <laughs> what made Eddie Murphy so great? Everything, comedic timing, facial <laughs> expressions, comedic energy, understanding of the culture, etc. Everything. Well, what everything you just said, yes. We don't have to do nothing. <laughs> you go out and your friend be, yo man, you fucking yet? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? He's fishing. He says you don't want to fuck, you want to make love. <laughs> Which is bullshit. I mean, fucking and making love, let's be real. I mean, the, the physical act, I like to fuck somebody I'm in love with, but I ain't making love to nobody. I get in the bed. I get in the bed. <laughs> I get in the bed. Now think about it. When you get in the bed, would you rather have somebody say, oh, make love to me, or grab the back of your head and say, fuck the shit on me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, where? I just want to skip to it. I got to get to this part. It's the ast- It's The point is, it's the asterisk. I know some men have some strong raps, and I have you believe in it. No loyal men. All men fuck other women. We are low by nature and have to do. I, but I think that is when he's talking about Johnny Carson. So I think you're that's, that's a little further. Really? Yes. Men must that starts with the Johnny Carson as much pussy as they can get. Do not think for two seconds that you're the only one your man is fucking. He is a man and has to conquer women. I see a lot of you get women out there sitting out and going, not my man. Yes, your man too. <laughs> <laughs> your man too. If he's not here with you tonight, he fucking somebody. <laughs> well, 
Isn't this true about baseball that if you're not cheating, you're thinking about cheating or you're going to be cheating? Isn't sex well, like cheating in baseball? No, there's cheating in baseball, and then there's cheating in baseball. What I just said makes no sense. But if if I'm on second base and I look at the catcher signals, and by the third or fourth time at bat or the second or third time at bat, I decipher what their sequence is for calling pitches, and I relay that to the hitter. That's not – it's cheating, but it's not cheating. Then it's... If I have a camera in center field and I am telling people – here comes a that's cheating. I know what I said makes no sense to most people, but it makes sense to me, a baseball player. I, if I just if I can decipher the third base coach's signals and I tell my guys this is what they're doing, it's cheating, but it's not cheating. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Well anyway. I think gamesmanship is what I call that. Okay. In the uh in the stand up, Eddie Murphy is like, you know, you're buck naked with another woman in your own bed, your wife comes home and finds you. She storms out of the house. You run after her. Your dick's all whacking, and you <laughs> stop her at the front door, and you're like, "What me?" <laughs> That's what I should search for, I Eddie. Saw you. Right, what me? <laughs> and then, and then, when finally unable to hold that lie, it's like, "Okay, I fucked her, but I love you." But, but I make love. To right. You. That's the yeah. exception. That's the Carlos Correa defense. You heard Correa say, "Well, okay, sure, we were doing this, but." I went through the whole game against the Dodgers, and we earned that win because of this, 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 and this. That's the equivalent, right? Uh, really, the Astros should have said nothing. Either either say everything or say nothing. That's the only two ways you can go. The minute right. you try to legitimize what you did, you sound like an idiot. That's why I couldn't believe A-Rod said, I cheated and I go. got caught. Poor quality. Hey, y'all put up with it. Y'all start putting up with crazy shit just to show you. I guess it's hard to find somebody that knows how to do it to you, right? Because when y'all find one, y'all stick through that man through all kinds of bullshit. I know a man got busted coming out of another woman's house. Just to show you how far a woman is stooped. He got busted coming out of another woman's house. His woman saw him come out the house, knew that the woman lived there, and then say shit, wait till they got home, walked in the kitchen and said, what the hell was you doing in that bitch's house today? You know what the man said? Wasn't me. <laughs> I looked that in your face. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> well, I'm supposed to be a fool, right? Hey. Wasn't me. <laughs> you know what the woman said? Maybe it wasn't she. Unbelievable. All right, so let's get to the real juice, which is Flavor Flav is out. of public enemy because of a Bernie Sanders cease and desist letter. What in the fuck? I said, this is like me staring at a blackboard the size of Goodwill Hunting, (laughs) trying to figure out the equation of, wait, Flavor Flav is the hype man? Is he in the band? How long? How come Chuck D's mad? Are they really beefing over Bernie fucking Sanders? Oh, yeah. Jay, oh, yeah, Jay is, help yeah. me out here. Talk to me. So uh, I need some black. Spl- I need some black splaining here, please. Public Enemy was going to play a free show for you know support Bernie Sanders, and they used the likenesses of Public Enemy in the poster or the online whatever. Flavor Flav did not like this because Flavor Flav was not getting any money for this, and he's like, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm going. He put a cease and desist letter out to the Bernie Sanders campaign. Chuck D saw that and was like, "Oh yeah, Flavor, you're out of the group." This is 
I'm trying to. I was trying to think of some sports, you know, parallel, but I couldn't because that is crazy. The, yeah, those two. Are, I mean, I mean, even though the group was started in like 1982, like they met in college. They were both uh, DJs. I can't remember what college. It's in New York. It's in, in upstate New York. They went to not upstate in Long Island. They went to college together. and They were doing a radio show. They were asked to form a group by Rick Rubin from Public Enemy because he heard Chuck D's voice on the radio. He was like, "This guy sounds good." Anyway, so Flavor Flav's role in the group. He is not a rapper per se. He is a hype man, as you know, like a hype man. Like yeah. remember when Muhammad Ali had the guy who would always yell with Muhammad Ali. Avery Avery was, Avery Brundage. No, that was the Bundini. head of the IOC. Yeah, that was the racist head of the IOC. Bundini Brown was his Bundini, name. I knew it was a Bund something, yes. All right, so Bundini would, Brown. That's a, that's a hype man. So he, that's, that's what Flavor Flav was. He doesn't necessarily rap per se, even though he has a couple of songs where he does rap. But wow. he is a hype man. And he, like, you can't think of Public Enemy without thinking Flavor Flav. I don't. I don't know. Jesus Christ, Rutgers can't miss. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> Dude, you um, knew this was going to be a tough, tough game for the Turks. I know. I know. By the way, I'm going to bet $1,000 on Maryland's first round exit when we're in Vegas. And I think I'll be a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Jeez, anyway. You were such a hater, man. Come on. I, I know. I just dislike Mark Turner. Anyway, but you can't think of, you can't think, it's like thinking of, it's like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's like that. That's my parallel. There you go. You okay. can't think of one without the other. It's just ludicrous to think that Flavor Flav would would quit the group over, you know, a stupid political rally that he wasn't getting paid for. It was it was like um, you ever see the Eagles documentary? Yes, I was going to it say was, it's when Don Felder Felder yep, said yep. to then California Senator Alan Cranston. After a charity concert that was to benefit his campaign by the Eagles, and this was something that both Henley and Fry were all behind, Felder was like not really into it. And when they met Cranston after the show and Cranston thanked each of them, Felder responded with a less than enthusiastic, you're welcome, I guess. I guess. (laughs) Two words broke up the Eagles. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Embarrassed and enraged, Fry fired back at Felder, sending years of pent up tension unraveling onto the stage. And the next thing you know, that that night, they were like, "You go in that limo, I'll go in this limo, and we are done." The audio from that is great because you can hear them on stage. Oh, and like, I went. I'm going to kick your ass right afterwards. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And I went to go find the audio on YouTube, but. You know the fucking Eagles. They police oh, their material like as much as I like the Eagles. Nazis. Henley, Henley, and Fry might have been two of the biggest assholes in music history. I know, and but you know what? Here's the thing. You know they uh, everything you can find almost now on YouTube. I'm shocked there's not a single. I just want the one clip of him saying, "Yeah, okay, I guess." Like just give me that little <laughs> nugget from the documentary. Nope, we control that. We saw. We saw. Speaking of Vegas, by the way, Jay. Thank you. You're coming to Zabe Vegas. It's going to no, be epic. Yeah, Wednesday. I'm good. Wednesday. I'm what? Out, yes. Wednesday. Uh, everything's changing. Wednesday. I, I booked. I okay. Confirmed. Welcome. Welcome. Yep. It's going to be great to have you on Wednesday. Okay. There you go. Um. So in uh, speaking of Vegas, what was my what was my Vegas connection here? Oh, oh yeah, in Vegas one year, 
Uh, we went to go see this really high-class lounge act at Caesar's Palace where they have this little lounge called the Cleopatra Barge, and it's just a small little bandstand and a room for about maybe 60 to 100 people max. And there's this guy, um, his name will come to me in just a second here, Jay, um, uh, Goss. Dave, David Goss, they call it the Goss, G-O-S-S, whatever, uh, Goss Vegas. He did a rendition, Matt Goss, Matt Goss, Matt Goss, Matt Goss. Matt Goss did a rendition of Hotel California with his little lounge band, which was a hybrid of some rock and roll, guitars, bass, some horns, like two or three horns, some doo-wop singer chicks that were totally hot. It was a great mashup version. And one of the guys in our group said, I can't believe they got the rights to actually do that song because the Eagles don't license shit. That's, you can't even karaoke Eagle songs. Basically, no. Oh, my God. Basically, no. <laughs> I know. I know. Exactly. Now, it's funny. Uh, this uh, version on somebody's cell phone, no doubt, with all of 499 views. <laughs> so you know it's shit quality. Oh, it's vertical video. Here was Matt Goss uh, live from the Gossy Room at the in Vegas. Where is this? So I skipped ahead right there. See, there you go, little horns. Oh, now, God. now, of course, you know, you listen to these on a cell phone, you're like, that sucks. I wouldn't pay money for that, but if you've had it. You got to hear it live. You got to hear it live. You got to have a few drinks, you know, and you, you'll dig it. I don't know if he's performing while we're out there. We need to look that up because we like to over plan our trips out there. Okay, so will Flavor Flav get back in with uh, Public Enemy or not? Oh, I seriously doubt that. Well, that's not true. They, they, they've kicked out people from Public Enemy before and. Remember they kicked out uh, Professor Griff and like you may not remember this. No, but I they don't kicked, remember it. Yes, they kicked him out for being uh, anti-Semitic. He made some anti-Semitic really? remarks. Yeah, and then he got kicked out of public enemy. It's like ninety-three, ninety-two. Wow, even before cancel culture, way before. Yes, this yeah, Chuck D did it. Wow. Yeah, it was like you're gone, and yeah, that's because so, that's because he ain't about it, or because it was a liability. It was a liability. Oh, yeah. so it was it was so it was such bad press. Yeah, I got it. And I they, got it. Okay. Well, thoughts and prayers for no, Flavor Flav. Flav and... He'll be okay. I think he's. Well, <laughs> he said he's been drug uh, drug free since for like ten years. So that's oh, good. Good. That's good indeed. Marshawn Lynch is going to speak at Princeton's so-called class day, and apparently, people, some of the students there are like, what? Not that they're necessarily opposed to him, but he has no connection to Princeton. Princeton's not a football power. He's not from New Jersey. And he certainly yeah, isn't is- classy. Like, you go down his rap sheet, he's been suspended for an illegal gun. He's had DUIs, hit and runs. He's a crotch grabber. Now, I find him entertaining. I like his vibe. But Princeton, really? You're going to speak at a big class day ceremony? It doesn't make much sense. I guess these schools are desperate for any named celebrity, I, right? I guess that really that 
And I guess Marshawn is all about that action, boss. I'm all about that action, boss. In the 60s, I mean, Malcolm X spoke at Ivy League schools. So they'll take anyone to uh, get eyeballs. He he might have some really good life advice. I understand that uh, that Marshawn Lynch has like all of his playing money. Yeah, you know, he he did a great interview was a couple months ago to which he just described money as chicken. Yeah, right. I told you, I get, told these young guys, get, you know, save your chicken. Exactly. He, he, yeah. So, you know what? I would like to hear it actually now that I think about it. You know, uh, he did that Gronk apparently, who of course played the stoop of, played the role of stupid meathead. Apparently saved all his playing money and just lived off his endorsement money. Endorsement Brian, money. Brian Mitchell. Uh, of our station is almost the same way, and he still doesn't pay for anything to this date. <laughs> I was, was going to say, but but when I say that about B. Mitch, I say golf, golf he doesn't play for golf dinners. You name it, he knows how to work it. But look, unlike I will say this about Brian, it's not that he says he'll pay you and then you know short changes you. You know, Fred Smoot's credit rating in the station is not great. I like Fred. <laughs> But I've never advanced him $75 to be in a fantasy league like Solly, so I don't have as much in that fight. I told Solly, just keep asking him for it. It'll eventually pay you. It's a persistence thing. No, he won't. You don't think Smoot will? No. Okay. That bill's never going to – he's going to have to – he's going to have to – uh, send his credit, send it a credit thing, like <laughs> creditors, creditors do. A collection, yeah. a collections a- agency. agency. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's here's Marshawn Lynch on chickens. Except the loss to the Packers. We'll see what's happening. We'll see what's happening. I say like this though, right? It's a vulnerable time for a lot of these young dudes. You feel me? They don't be taking care of their chicken right. You feel me? So if it was me. Or if I had an opportunity to let these little uh, young sahabs know something. Sahabs. I say take care Sahab of is money. young, young brothers, by the way. Okay. That shit don't last forever. Now, I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you <laughs> get over there and you can do what the fuck you want to. So. <laughs> it is good retirement. What am I doing today? Whatever the fuck I want. I'm retired. <laughs> I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals because, look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, That's good advice, man. If only he could speak at the symposium. He would have been a better speaker than, say, Chris Carter. (laughs) With his fall guy advice. Yes, which was the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. By the way, whatever happened to him, he just disappeared. He just disappeared. He disappeared off. First, uh, first things first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it mean, seems to be the way Chris Carter goes. He, uh, it wasn't Charge. It was somebody else that I talked to from Minnesota. Oh, it was a former wide receiver who I worked with in Baltimore. Oh. Who played, who played for the Ravens. Derek Mason. Names. Excuse me. No, not Derek. No, no. no not, <laughs> All right. I, 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 well, how about this? This wide receiver had a very famous brother who played college football. How about that? At okay. Notre Dame. Okay. Got it. Ah, I got it. I got it. He hated Chris Carter. <laughs> when I say hated, hated Chris Carter. Had nothing but terrible things to say uh, about Chris Carter. Yeah. Yes. I'd love to know what happened with him and uh, his guy Nick Wright there. I mean, Nick Wright's still there. He's still obviously a favored 
rising talent at that uh, place, but okay. They got some other guy now in Chris uh, Chris Carter's spot. They pulled the next retired NFL player off the heap no, and said, no. get in it's there. It's some producer. A guy what? used to be a producer. Yes, a guy used to be a producer. I read this uh, blurb last week. He's now the second chair or third chair. And I can't remember this guy's name, but he was a former producer. And I wow. fell, out of, fell out of my seat because that never happened. Okay. Speaking of former producers, you know Sam Batesh, former yes, Sam Fox yeah. Fox Sports Radio producer for my show and others, and had recently he's Cowherd now, right? Yes, he was he was doing Cowherd. He texted me saying, "Come to my saying goodbye to California party," and of course, I live in Virginia, so I'm like, Virginia, "Yeah, I'll be right please. over, bro." Thanks for the advance notice. And I then replied, "What?" And he said, Stamford, Connecticut, CBS Sports HQ, big. And I replied back, one, congrats. Two, you'll hate it. Three, hire me, asterisk, parentheses, I'm not moving. So So he's he's going to Stamford, Connecticut to work for CBS Sports. And I guess he's on the track to be a big management hoo-ha. I would hope he is because he's a Southern California guy, Jay. And he's going to Stanford. He's his parents are from there. He Uh, basically, though, has been raised in the cradle of Southern California. Culture shock, weather shock. Are you kidding me? Well, congrats to Sam Batesh. I know. Mazel, mazel. Mazel, mazel, indeed. You know what else is moving to Stanford, Connecticut? The Golf Channel. Why? Why? It's in Orlando. I know. Oh, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> their 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 CEO said uh, geographical realignments happen in sports, and we believe this will bring us the finest in programming for blah 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 jargon. Wait a minute, jargon, wait a minute. Don't most of the golfers live in Florida because of the tax break? Yes, year-round golf, tax advantage. An international airport that's easy to get in and out of because these golfers play all over the world, right? not just in the U.S., and they're going to get golfers to come up to their studios in Stamford, fucking Connecticut? <laughs> I know it's probably cheaper to, to broadcast it. I doubt that. This guy's a moron. Well, what what a shock. Another middle management guy is not that bright. Well, what a shock. I just yes. I, I have a hard time believing. Now, I, uh, I did talk to a guy I know that, that works there, and I said, that's a tough one, and he wasn't that bad about it. He said, look, yeah, I liked living where I lived down in Winter Park, but the rest of Orlando, he said it's America's drain. Whatever okay. <laughs> whatever gets washed off ends up in Orlando. And I said, well, couldn't you say that about all of Florida? And he goes, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Here, all right. Here, here, speaking of Stamford, Connecticut. Thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. All right. Hello. I don't believe we've been introduced. Dwight Schrute, Assistant Regional Manager. <laughs> Andy Bernard, Regional Director in Charge of Sales. So you'll be reporting to me then? Mm, on the contrary. My title has manager in it, and I'm a director. Director. Which on a film set is the highest title there is. Do you know anything about film? I know everything about film. I've seen over 240 of them. They're shaking hands this whole time. They won't stop shaking hands. And helps. Kind of out on him. You are kind of out on him. Yeah, don't don't really feel at helps. 
Uh, okay, over like you think the shtick character is overdone? Yeah, he's he's like the same way I feel about Rob Riggle. Okay. All right. Here's he he plays the banjo. Here's the Nard Dog chanting Stamford, Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, sorry. Stamford, Connecticut. Connecticut. I don't know. I've never been. It might be a lovely town. All I know is it's cold as shit, and spring comes around June up there. So yeah, have fun. Good luck with that. All right. Can we spike? I'm going to let you spike the football, or I'm going to throw you the mother of all alley oops on healthy Holly. Catherine Hughes. <laughs> Kevin Pugh. Kevin Pugh, sorry. Kevin, don't, 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 Kevin don't Hughes is our fearless boss. leader at Radio say. 1. I'm sorry. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse don't me. Even... Catherine yeah, Pugh a... is going yeah. to the slammer over Healthy Holly, a scandal you were the first to report on on this very Zabecast. Jay, we go out to you live in the field for more. <laughs> so she wrote this book, <laughs> Healthy Holly, and the the, the book... I guess either wasn't getting much traction or she would strong arm uh, people who wanted to bid on Baltimore City's health care. Care. Saying you must buy this book. You must buy this book. So people would buy the book for like, I don't know, $500,000. It was was basically at at 100,000 copies at 500,000. So it was like five bucks a book, which is not terrible. But here's the trick. A, she self-published it. B, it was terrible. And C, she didn't deliver 90% of the books. Right. right. Just took yeah. the money. And I bet the, the I bet the hospital's like, just don't send us the fucking books because then we have to take the boxes of them somewhere. Forget about it. It's a bribe. We get it's a bribe. Wink, wink. Okay, let's go. So she's going to jail for three years. Her attorney says she could be out in 18 months. And he was actually oh, kind of pleased God. with the verdict. Jay is a fine citizen of Baltimore do you believe eh, that this was not just really. not a real citizen, but as a as a guy who identifies as a Baltimorean, was it a yes. just sentence? Uh, th- three years. We've we've seen worse. We did. We had a mayor who took, who by the way is running again. Uh, Juan Dixon's uh, aunt, Sheila Dixon. Yeah, she took gift cards where which were meant for underprivileged kids and uh, spent them herself. Oh, man. So, it, it, I don't know. Three years, I guess, is a just term for, I don't know. Okay. I, I I don't know. But the fact that there was nobody, she had nobody at by her side to say, Said, Dan, not a good this idea. Might not, right. This might not be a good idea. That's the part that just mystifies me that, you know, or, people in politics think they're going to get away with this stuff. Or somebody that might have told her, you know, it's a good scam, but it's not sophisticated enough. In fact, a third grader reading Nancy Drew could unravel your scheme. Can we work on the sophistication of this thing so it's a little harder to unravel? By the way, former teacher in her previous life. Oh my so you would think she'd have have some book smarts, but apparently not. You know what? Two things in this world are undefeated, Jay. Actually, three things. Three things. Vagina. Pussy. Age. Well, okay, four things. Pussy, gravity, age, and money. That's okay. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Here we go. You ready, or do you want me to hit first? You can hit first. Okay, here we go. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. 
All right, today's FTG for me goes out to a guy you may know and may even love and a longtime colleague of mine. His name is Scott Lynn. <laughs> L-I-N-N. How does Scott Lynn, the nicest guy in the world, earn fuck that guy for this week? I'll tell you how. Today we came upon the movie Happy Gilmore for reasons I don't even know. And I start talking about it, and I start quoting from it, which, of course, it's rich with great quotes. Yes. And it's quickly evident that Scott Lynn has not seen this movie either. The catalog of classic movies that Scott Lynn has not seen would be enough to bury an elephant. It's a disgrace, and Scott makes no pretense like, you know what, I really should go see that movie, or that seems funny. It's the weirdest thing. Scott Lynn is movie-resistant like I've never seen anyone in my life before. And he's missing out, Jay. He's missing out on life and on laughs. I mean, stop watching that A-10 basketball game you think is important for your job. It's not, Scott. Watch a funny movie and loop back and at least get the classics like Happy Gilmore, for God's sake. So for Scott Lynn, congratulations. You are my fuck that guy for the week. True story. He really has not seen hardly any movies. At least he saw Spinal Tap, so we can quote from that. Okay. All right. Jay, your fuck that guy for the week. Who do you got? Michael K. Krzyzewski, I don't know if it's K's his middle <laughs> name. His little his little bitch ass rant on uh Sunday about uh These people, are uh, this is human kids. beings. We're sometimes we're we're there, we're not there, you know. These are kids involved. Right. Yeah. Get 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 on me, but don't get on them. And if you ever want to, you know, discuss my coaching, look up in the banners and, and see how I did. Oh, Fuck you. He you. said, he said, look up in the rafters. Yeah. He said, look up in the, if you want to, if you want to challenge my coaching, look up in the rafters. Oh, wow. So he went there, huh? Yes. He went there. By the way, I felt bad. I, I felt so old because I can remember who the coach was before Shashevsky. I was like, God damn it. I feel old. Yeah. I remember what a great coach you were. Uh, UConn championship game. You're down. One, you've got the ball, about 10 seconds, need to go coast to coast. You let Trajan Langdon, who couldn't dribble out of a wet paper bag, handle the ball. He dribbled it off his foot out of bounds. <laughs> Corey Maggette was an unguardable NBA lottery pick, but because he was a freshman, you didn't want to run a play for him. And then afterwards he said, I coach for relationships, not necessarily for titles. Hey, guess what? Fuck you. Exactly. All right, Jay. We'll talk next week, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. Quick finish on this. I had a cavity filled on Tuesday. I was dreading the appointment for some time. I've got an excellent dentist here in the D.C. area, and he he does uh, work for many ex-Redskin players, and so we always chat about the Redskins and the glory days, but... uh, Dr. Rudolph did a great job, but I was just thinking about how much I was dreading the the whole appointment. And then I thought to myself, what are you, a 10-year-old fucking boy? It's like they got Novocaine. They've got ways to make it not so bad. They got high-speed drills. My dad used to always say, you're lucky. When I was a kid, they didn't have the high-speed drills. And I'm thinking, yeah, I bet dentistry did suck back in the day. Anyway, long story short, 
It was a pretty bad cavity because I don't floss enough. And sure enough, he got in there, knocked it out, filled it in, saved the tooth, no root canal needed. And uh, honestly, it was about an hour tops. And that was with a little delay mid-procedure. So I asked the question today on uh, my afternoon poll question on Twitter, which is the worst, bee sting, dental filling, mandatory social event, or Monday? And the winner was mandatory social event over dental filling, 44 to 33%, with only 9% saying a bee sting. Funny that people would get what I mean when I say mandatory social event. I don't want to go to this, but I've got to. And it's going to last at least three hours, probably be on a Saturday night where I want to be elsewhere, and I'm going to miss the game. What game? Whatever game you want to watch. You're Nope, you're not watching it this time. No wonder why that one won on my poll. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Tell a couple friends. Rate and review. Goose the algorithm. I appreciate that very much. Don't forget, Fridays are not free, but they are cheap. And I appreciate everybody who subscribes to the premium ZabeCast on Fridays. Thank you for listening and downloading, and we will see you next time. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just two bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required.